Hi, welcome everybody um, to our latest edition in the TPRM podcast series. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about people, process and technology and the importance of each of those within third-party risk management. I've got three of our leaders on the call today. I'm going to just quickly hand over to them to do their own introductions. But from my side, I am Malcolm Parker. I am the service line leader for Mobis around third-party risk management. I'm going to hand over to Sands. Thanks, Malcolm. Uh, my name is Sandhya Mohan Pillay. I'm a director in Mobis Consulting. Um, I have had lots of experience in governance, third-party risk management, security, and yeah, I think this is a very interesting topic. And you know, just wanted to share our insights and lessons learned on this. Over to you, Amanda. Thank you. Um, my name is Amanda Hachter. Um, I am the service line lead um, in technology consulting, really focused around, um, like Malcolm mentioned, uh, the three key elements of implementing any capability, people, process and technology. Um, so when it comes to the technology side of things, just making sure or helping organizations to uh, make sure that they're selecting the right technologies, but they also are considering the people and process aspects needed to make that um, a success. So at the end of the day, when we're looking at, for example, third party risk management, um, how do we ensure that that is a sustainable capability within organizations? Lee. <laughs> Thanks, Amanda. So my name is Lee, uh, Lee Bristow. I'm the CTO for Finity Risk Solutions. Uh, Finity is a technology uh, company that has developed an integrated risk management platform uh, that helps organizations manage uh, compliance, information security, uh, risk, uh, and, and governance. Uh, our platform has 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 been developed over the last you know almost four years now, uh, and one of our very first technologies, which is Triplicity, um, is essentially managing our third-party risk management uh, programs for organisations, uh, typically within the financial services uh, and retail sector. Thanks, Lee. Um, okay, great. Well, thanks everybody for coming together so we can chat about uh, third-party risk management and what makes it successful. So, um, yeah, from me, I guess as a service line leader, um, it's really great to have the knowledge that we have around the table um, and leverage that knowledge to talk about really what makes third-party risk management um, a success at an organization, um, what are some of the failings, and maybe what are those you know, three key ingredients that, that we know um, can help make uh, a TPRM program successful. So we're going to be talking a little bit about people, process, and technology, um, and the various aspects of that, and, and how we draw on those um, at different uh, clients uh, for TPRM. Um, and and maybe Sands, if you can share your thoughts uh, from your experience uh, on on maybe one of those or or each of those um, around why it's important um, for a TPRM project. Yeah, sure, Malcolm. Thanks. Um, so I think maybe if I can just, you know, if I think years back, you know, third party risk management used to be around. People used to think about it and, um, you know, people couldn't really get their heads around. What do I do? Why? Where do I start? How do I get this thing right? So one of the big, big success factors, um, you know, that I have realized over the years is um, people, people play a big part in this um, 
in TPRM, the acronym, and I think it's because you need buy-in from your stakeholders right at the top to buy in that this is actually something that's important. This is actually something that needs to be done. It's not just a tick box compliance exercise. It, it is something that's valuable um, to your organization. And then more importantly, the third parties that you go and assess or review or when they participate in this process, if they see this as valuable, um, then you get the, the most value out of this. You know, so it's about you know, everyone across the organization working together and understanding that the value in this is sure is is broader than just one com a compliance tick box for, you know, something like privacy or security or other compliance related regulations. But broader than that, it's ongoing risk management. I'll find out that, oh, my goodness, I could have done this process more efficiently. Um, oh, I didn't think about this type of risk. And, you know, if your third parties buy into the process, the more willing they are to participate. So I would say one of the key factors in making this successful is stakeholder buying right at the top. You need the support from your executives. You need support from different divisions, departments, because often people don't know who is responsible for this piece. Um, there's various schools of thought. Risk management needs to own this compliance, procurement, all of that being said, I think they need to all work closely together. Um, yeah, and then thirdly, it's about the third party themselves. They understand the value and what we are trying to achieve as an organization when we start getting into this process. Yeah, so that's my thoughts to start with. Thanks, Sans. Um, I, I, really I really like that. Um, especially um, wanted to add the other relationship and the other person that I think is key is, is that person within the organization that really understands that vendor already, um, that, that maybe it's your relationship manager. Um, you know, I think that person sometimes there's so much information that's locked in that person's mind in terms of what, is the, what does this third party do for us? What are the risks? What information are we sharing? Um, and that person for me has been somebody that, that we've, we've been able to tap into and get their knowledge quite quickly through through our profiling of that third party internally. But yeah, I really appreciate um, those thoughts and I totally agree. The people play such an important aspect. Um, the other one that, that for me is key is, yes, we have that owner, that person, the, the accountable person, and it's sometimes tough to find that within the organization. But there's also that, that sort of uh, internal uh, manager that is then bringing this together that, that helps to sort of escalate up to the executives, you know, what are the risks that we found um, and has that overall picture, um, which often comes through in our reporting, you know, that uh, that takes that forward, but really appreciate those thoughts. Um, Amanda, from, from your side, um, any particular area that, that you want to add to that, uh, either across people, process or technology? Um, yeah, so I think um, to kind of link to what Sands was saying around like where this all started. And I think, um, you know, it's obviously third party risk management has been around for a very long time and people have been trying to tackle, you know, tackle this capability for a very long time. Um, and, you know, starting out with, I think, spreadsheets and trying to manage this process, obviously with people, um, manually running assessments using spreadsheets. So I think the thing for me, and I think where the world is going in terms of technology, 
Um, it's now about how do we, I think, for a lot of organizations, they're starting to get to grips with, not, not completely, but they are starting to get to grips with the concept of third-party risk management, why it's important, why there's a need for it. Um, they're starting to get to grips with the process and how the process needs to work and the people that are needed to obviously run those processes. And now it's 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 getting to the point where we have to start asking ourselves, how do we create efficiencies um, within this process? And I think obviously there is a very close link in terms of technology. It's, it's starting to then look at what are those technologies that you can leverage? Where does it make sense to, to bring that into the process? And I guess where to, where to start? So um, I think yeah, a lot of organizations might be thinking about technology and they're not really sure on you know, where, do they actually, where do they actually start? At what point in the process do they bring the technology in? Um, and, and maybe there, I think that's Lee, I think from your side, um, in so, terms so, of, so quickly before yeah. we bring Lee in, yeah. um, I think about when you are ready for it and when should you start. I think yeah. some of the things yeah. you touch on over there is that, you know, when you have defined, well, you know, what is the process? Um, when when you know in terms of what you're looking to assess and, and, and maybe you've been doing these assessments uh, manually using Excel or maybe even a word-based questionnaire, but you actually have quite a defined, you know, this is what we want to assess against. This is this is what is important for organizations. It could be off your internal control catalog um, that you have. It could be aligned to, to NIST um, or, or ISO um, or, or one of the other major frameworks. But when you have that sort of defined and you know how to do it, um, but really what's holding you back is this manual process. I think that's when you are, are really um, need to, to start considering automation. You need to start looking at technology because I know the teams at that stage the volumes that they can get through is very limited um, by the manual process. Um, and there's also sort of some things that, that are now broken in the manual process. We have spreadsheets that have got all of, all of our information trapped within them. We don't get those insights um, about all the, set, the, the risks that we've identified. We can't bring those into a database and analyze that quite easily. So I think that that's for those organizations at that stage is the right time to, to start to look at technology and automation, which is obviously the perfect segue for, for Lee um, and, and what, what Finity is doing um, with Triplicity. So, Lee? Thanks, Malcolm. <clears throat> so, I'd like to just talk about, uh, I'd like to start with some of the challenges, and then once I've walked through the challenges, then go towards the benefits, and we'll look at it in, in the three tranches of people process and technology. So from a people side of, uh, from a people perspective inside technology, as you start showing value within the technology, especially around TPRM, um, it becomes quite complex because you have multiple stakeholders and each one of those stakeholders wants a different lens around their process, around their um, data points that they're looking to, to, to extrapolate from their third parties. And I think the, the reason why there's complexity on that side is because TPRM is an umbrella for essentially all external risks that are relating to the organization. Um, and that would be you know, your supply chain, that would be your, your marketing, your legal, your distribution channel. Um, all of it needs to be pulled under that umbrella, which means that you have so many different parts of the business that need to uh, orchestrate together as one. 
So that's the complexity on the people side. And and as you start to to implement the TPRM, more and more of these use cases and requirements come out, and it's kind of trying to manage that and put that into a sequence that that actually lands quite well with the business and doesn't actually burn the technology because you're trying to you know boil the ocean. On the process side, it becomes again quite complex. So if you think about the the web of information uh, that is required to be gathered from your distribution, your your supply chain, uh, your 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 joint ventures, your legal partners, uh, your JVs, all of those kinds of things really um, is 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 difficult to pull together at the best of times. But when it comes to technology, essentially what you have to do is you have to map out all of those processes and understand. Who are the different roles within that and remove the people component now from from the equation so that essentially people can be replaced as they move through or as the process matures along the way then from a technology perspective uh, the technology itself is 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 relatively simple because it's basically built on the framework of tprm which is identify profile assess uh, report and remediate so the framework is relatively simple but where it gets complex from a technology perspective is how do you map those processes and how do you create the automation and workflow between all of those uh, different stages within the framework as well as all the different people within the within the framework as well as all the processes within the framework then you need to present that data back for each individual within the organization against the lens that they require so if you're dealing with compliance they want a compliance view if you're dealing with risk management, they want a risk management view. If you're dealing with TPRM, what they want to know is where are all my BE certificates and are they compliant to this and when am I going to be offboarding them and when is where is my contract? Um, you know, where risk is more interested or information uh, risk is more interested around, you know, what type of data is processed, you know, where is the data, you know, are there fourth parties involved? Um, and all of that really creates a lot of complexity around the reporting elements when it comes to, to TPRM and providing a platform that can take all of that data and then enrich it and then give a view of, of what it is that that particular individual, that particular role is looking to extrapolate from, from TPRM. So the, now I've explained the, the complexity. So where does the value come in? So the value comes in is once you've mapped all of this out and you've then created uh, communication between the roles, all of that information flows so much more easily between, more easily between the different departments, between the different organizations. From a process perspective, you're actually building quality assurance into those processes, into those gates, which means that you're getting more and more uh data that is coming into the system that you can then essentially you know get a really good view of where you have breakdowns in the process and um, but also potentially where you have risks and pitfalls in the actual organization around processes not being fully established um on the technology side really the the the, the value is about visibility so because you're getting the automation because you're getting the workflow because you're getting scalability across the organization and you're removing the excel spreadsheet you're now creating a mass visualization of your third parties across the spectrum of your organization. Um, and that's the value of technology. Thanks, Lee. Um, you know, maybe just to touch on a couple of items over there. Um, I think that for me, in terms of the technology, and, and one of the most sort of powerful things for me is, is the dashboard reporting. 
um, having worked on projects where we had done you know hundreds of assessments but it was difficult to on one page to see so what is my um, third party landscape looks like what is my highest risk inherent risk um, third party um, you know and once I've looked at the controls and assessed it where is my highest residual risk um, you know that's that for me that one page that dashboard that we get out of triplicity is so valuable to just on one page now drill down and say actually this is where my risk is sitting um, pre the assessments on the inherent risk and then post the assessments on the residual risk um, the other thing I wanted to touch on is is the the remediation um, and I know that when we're talking third-party risk management uh, we use triplicity to do that um, but I think that the remediation is something that a lot of organizations are so focused on on assessing the third parties for the TPRM program that they don't give enough attention to you found these items you found these gaps how do we now remediate these and how do we manage that um, and and that's where resilience um, and the automation of that risk log I think has been so powerful in terms of being able to use the built-in RACI model to assign um, accountability, assign responsibility, both internally in the organization and externally with the third party of remediating those items and letting those tools track our progress. So maybe you wanna just uh, unpack a little bit about um, resilience for those that, that don't know about the, the automated workflow tool. Sure, Marco. Um, so as I mentioned, the the technology component, the value in the technology component is the visibility. So once you have that scale and visibility across your um, third party landscape, one of the, the, the biggest challenges that come out of that is that there are treatment actions. And when you're thinking about a, a treatment action, well, firstly, during the actual review process, you would identify potential challenges and you would work through the challenges with the third party. Where that cannot be actually addressed within the assessment timeframe, the next step after that is to is just essentially go through an ex, uh, a risk acceptance process. So the risk acceptance process is one where you actually log a particular incident and that logging mechanism in, in the Affinity platform is resilience. Once you've got that logged, you would then use, as Malcolm highlighted, a RACI-based model to really drive the process. Because once you have somebody uh, that is essentially responsible for addressing that particular issue, or if they cannot address it, there is then accountable parties that can either make a call around how they are going to manage that risk. It is, are they going to accept it? Um, or are, is there going to be a transfer of that risk either by you know, increasing insurance um, and making a note of that in the system, or are they going to actually address it? And the way in which they could address it could be you know, by adding additional controls, uh, removing the risk entirely, um, or any other nature, uh, or any other way in which you would want to, to remove or remediate that risk. And, as I mentioned, it basically gives you visibility because you're getting this amount of scale and this insight into your third parties. It actually provides a decision support, um, well, essentially it's a decision support tool because you actually know what your risks are. You know where the, 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 the lack of maturity is within that third party and you can make a call as to whether or not you want to continue to work with this third party or if you are going to, put in place the required controls and, and essentially resilience helps you track and treat those risks that were identified. Awesome, thanks Lee.
Sands, maybe, you know, we've, we've each had a chance to touch on some key elements. Maybe to bring it back to you, um, any sort of other highlights or items that you want to call out that we haven't maybe covered? Yeah, so maybe I just want to take it maybe right to the beginning. Um, I think Amanda asked, you know, I think uh, we, what is the starting point for this process? And I think where organizations often battle is finding a central repository of all your third parties. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges in any organization is there is no central list where all these third parties are maintained. Um, and often that is the biggest problem. And I think if I can give some advice to everybody, it's about, you know, not trying to boil the ocean, try and try and apply an 80-20 principle. So the, the idea is to get the best list possible. If you do have a central list maintained by procurement, that's great. I think then then the idea is to, you know, look, make sure that that list is as accurate as possible. It's got the details of the third party relationship managers as well as um, as well as your external third parties. But I think the important place to start is with a list, and if it is not maintained properly. Um, there is a lot of work that needs to probably get done to get an accurate list. And I think people may spend too much time in the beginning. And I think the advice is to get to probably an 80% accurate list. And then as you start maturing this process, start adding on. Um, you know, I think that would be, and, and I think technology can come in once you've got a list. You know, so obviously you know, the beginning, the starting point is often difficult, but once you have a list, you can then use triplicity, use the technology, and that would help you then sustain it going forward. Um, I think just, just some other things to just add on to that is, you know, organizations are probably at different uh, levels of maturity. You know, Malcolm, I think you touched on you need to define the process first. You do need to define how this thing is going to work in your organization. What do you want to achieve? What are the objectives? So it's very important that to understand that every every organization may be at different maturity levels and, you know, the you can accelerate your maturity through the use of technology, but I think it's important to understand that you need to get to a certain level, which we typically call the defined level. And once you've defined what you need, you can then bring in all the different elements to make sure that this process is sustainable, it's efficient, and you know you can keep maintaining it throughout the organization. So I think I just want to make sure we understand those things. And then maybe one thing we haven't maybe touched on is probably, you know, organizations might have thousands and thousands or, you know, volumes of third parties. And then, you know, you you might not have the capacity to, let's say, run this process um, as efficiently, even if you probably have a technology to support you. And, you know, often we tell clients, use a risk-based approach um, identify who your high risks are and where you don't have capacity, look out for other, you know, external organizations to help you in running this process for you. So I think one, you've got to decide, do you want to maintain this capability in, in-house? And if yes is the answer, then get to a certain level of maturity and use 
technology to help you make this process efficient. If, on the other hand, you know, you see this as a process, a very valuable process, but you, you certainly don't have the capacity to maintain this process in your organization, then you can consider a lot of other options like outsourcing management components or certain components of this process. Obviously, the accountability still remains within your organization. Yeah, so I think I just wanted to add that. Mm. Thanks, Anzi. Specifically on the that sort of outsourcing and co-sourcing model, um, I think we are seeing that in this space, um, the nature of TPRM is is quite repetitive, um, and and unfortunately, the teams building a team within the organisation sometimes it's difficult to maintain that team um, because people do get burnt out doing uh, TPRM internally. So we we have seen the value. In, in following a co-sourcing model where you're reliant on um, a vendor such as Mobius to support your team. Uh, maybe you want to retain um, some individuals internally as a manager to oversee it, um, to help escalate the items. But in terms of the, the legwork of, of running your TPRM pro, uh, program, um, taking advantage of the evolution in the technology by having a co-source or outsource partner, you get to stay on the cutting edge of what's happening in the space without having to maintain this team where you sometimes have a lot of churn within your, your internal TPRM team. Um, the other thing that I, I wanted to sort of touch on and, and for me is, is kind of the silver lining to TPRM is that we, we are interacting with a third party. Um, and sometimes when we start these interactions, the third party is maybe seeing this as an admin item, seeing it as um, something that you know, puts demand on them to fill in a questionnaire um, to assess their risks, et cetera. But actually, um, as we do the assessments, often they unlock the real value in these assessments that, it, that we are actually investing in understanding the risks that that organization has, what are the controls, whether they're matched. And sometimes that they haven't maybe done this um, in a, a thorough manner like we're doing and they realize that you know wait a minute this is almost a, a, a something that is being done by uh, one of my clients to assess the risk of my organization but actually i've unlocked through this where some of my weaknesses are that aren't just applied to that particular client but across the business and protecting you know my own assets etc so so i think that sometimes we go into these assessments with the with the third party thinking this is a waste of time and they come out the other end and they've unlocked a huge amount of value in the assessment. Um, and it's actually brought the relationship between the, the, the company and the third party so much closer um, and more collaborative. So, you know, um, yes, it's sometimes seen as compliance, but actually I think there's so much value in each of these assessments. And, and the third parties um, often come out the other end, you know, getting a sight of that value and seeing it in a very different light. Um, Amanda, um, from your side, anything else to add? You know, at the at the end of the day, um, like Sands mentioned, it's you know the, the the key is about knowing at the end of the day what ultimately you want to achieve, um, and then linked to that is from a people, process, and technology perspective, how do you use all three of those elements? Um, in order to achieve those objectives. And there's no one size fits all for every 
organization. Obviously, every organization is different and at different levels of maturity when it comes to third-party risk management. Um, and it's about looking at those three key elements and saying, well, if if this is, you know, if this is my objective, this is the extent in terms of, of from a people perspective that I need, this is what I need from a process perspective, and this is the extent that I need technology um, within that process. And for some organizations that are at the sort of start of their journey, um, you know, I think we would always recommend to really focus on that people and process aspect. Um, and as you, you know, as you mature that, um, then really start to bring in the technology pieces. And it's not to say that um, even though you might be at the start of your journey that you cannot leverage off of technology, but then it's about knowing what you want to use the technology for. Um, you don't want to bring in a technology, like a full-blown te technology to automate this whole process when you haven't even bedded down the process uh, yourself within the organization. So it's just about then knowing to what extent you want to leverage the technology um, at certain points in the process. Yeah, and maybe maybe one exception to that that I would add is that, you know, if you really haven't started on this journey, um, there is an opportunity to to just leapfrog um, that whole maturity journey and to, to, you know, select an outsource partner and leverage off of the maturity that already exists um, in a managed service um, so that you, you don't have to go on that journey and you can just jump to optimized um, you know, in a really quick manner. Um, so, so, so Lee, maybe just to, to close us out on, on the tech space, um, and then any final comments from everybody, but I think, uh, you know, thank you everybody. These are great comments, um, and really appreciate the input. Yeah. So Malcolm, I, I fully agree, agree with you that you can leapfrog, uh, the maturity level by, 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 by leveraging the information that resides within your, within your consulting partner, because they have lived it. And, and not only that, they've lived it in, in different, uh, organizations at different, different levels of maturity and complexity. Um, and then you combine that with a technology partner that you are, that you know, and have worked with and have implemented in, in several locations. Uh, and that information really helps you accelerate uh, an organization's maturity level. Um, I, I'd just like to add a couple of things just in terms of the technology uh, side of things is that, you know, one of the one of the key aspects around uh, an implementation of a TPRM solution is that it requires relatively clean data to go in at the beginning, even if it's a little bit of data to start off the particular pro process. That information needs to be able to be extrapolated from from various systems, whether it's procurement, whether it's you know legal or whatever the case may be, and that is a really uh, important aspect in terms of starting your journey um, is knowing where your data is, and from that you can then build out the additional processes, bring in the various stakeholders, design your reports, and really land your your TPRM. Uh, program well, but you know, one of the one of the key starting points is is definitely uh, a data repository that has been um, cleaned up and is is ready for for technology. Um, and I think that's the that's one of the key aspects of uh, of it. But as you go through it, uh, it it's it, it it will become pretty clear. Um, if you started uh, on a on essentially a bad footing with bad with bad with bad data, um, yeah, I think that's basically it from from me. Uh, I think 
the I think maybe just in closing, um, one of the reasons why you'd want to implement TPRM and especially around the technology aspect is is efficiencies. Um, and if you're getting those efficiencies out of your technology, out of your TPRM, uh, the value to the business is is exponential across all of the different streams from compliance to risk. Uh, to procurement, uh, to IT, um, across the board. Thanks, Lee. Um, Sand, can we talk a little bit about some of the key drivers for, for third-party risk management um, and spend a little bit of time just unpacking that? I think the biggest, um, if we want to, you know, biggest drivers or one of the most recent things I have seen is, you know, people put a lot of, controls within their organization. And right now in this world where everything is interconnected, things are in the cloud, things are everywhere, you know, you're so dependent on parties that are outside of your organization. And in fact, parties that rely on parties that rely on part parties. So you get fourth parties, you get fifth parties. So in fact, the web of people um, and how your information, your organizational information moves, I think that's what's probably driving this more so than long ago, because I think it was important long ago. Um, you know, you did rely on external parties to help you with certain areas of your process or services, but maybe they didn't have that much access to your information. So I think why it's becoming so much important is the way we are interacting and the how we are talking to different parties and obviously as we move into this new world where cloud and internet of things and all of that is becoming more and more important you just don't know where all your information is so I think that's the reason one of the biggest reasons this is becoming so much more important than it used to be um, of course compliance and um, you know privacy protecting your customer information protecting your personal information um, all of that comes into play um, but it is definitely being becoming more complex due to this complexity we're living in. Yeah. I, I agree, Sands. Yeah. And I think that organizations are, are going back to what is the what is the core of what they do and what they do well and, and focusing on that and then leveraging off of third parties and, and each of those third parties' core skills to be able to almost um, do what they do better, but it does result in that intertwining of your business with a, the third parties that you rely on to be able to support what you do. Um, mm. And therefore, your information is flowing quite freely um, between you and your third party. So there's no longer that perimeter that we see. And I know in identity access governance, we talk about identity uh, being the new perimeter. And I think your third-party identities um, are part of that perimeter. They, the identities in your third parties that we're sharing information with continually um, have meant that we, we need to be considering third-party risk management um, much more broadly. And um, I know we touched on this before, that it's, it's not just the cybersecurity aspect anymore. Yes, that's important, but it's actually across all of your functions um, within your organization um, that we are leveraging third parties and therefore the risks we need to consider is yes, cyber, yes, compliance, um, but then also data privacy protection 
driven by GDPR and similar regulations. Um, also, your, your continuity and your reliance on these third parties um, if there is an outage. With COVID, we've also seen that a lot of third parties, unfortunately, businesses haven't survived um, 2020. And, and therefore, if you were highly dependent on a third party, that could have an impact on, on your organization. So, so the, the things you need to assess the third party for is much broader than what perhaps we were doing a year or two ago that was compliance and cyber driven. Yeah, if I can add to that, Malcolm. Um, I mean, we're from a from a technology perspective and and Finity perspective, we very much started in in the IT domain, um, and quite rapidly we have seen the expansion uh, uh, of technology used in the rest of the business to manage their their, their TPRM requirement. Um, we have seen this specifically in the insurance industry where they've got massive amounts of regulations that are uh, posed on the industry where you know the larger players have to manage and maintain the compliance for their distribution chain so that's essentially your brokers and binder holders and intermediaries and and what that means is that the the, the risk of those third parties is is not IT related it's it's actually as you've articulated it's it's compliance around privacy around industry specific legislation um, and 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 the and the real fines that come with it or or the loss of of a license to be able to operate um, if you're not managing your compliance and, and if you don't have a license to operate that basically means that your business is is shut down so it's you know TPRM might be uh, something that was potentially nice to have or that the IT guys played with but it's now becoming a, a, a business critical area of the organization it's not critical in in the sense that it has to be you know operating at 100 percent every minute of every second but it is a mission critical uh part of the business to be able to ensure it's its own continuity um and if you are a organization that is reliant and we are predominantly talking to organizations that are operating in an open economy, which means that there is inter interconnection and interreliance on third parties for the delivery of services, regardless of where you act um, in the supply chain. So you have to manage your organization, not according to cybersecurity and, 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 and visualization in, or, or cybersecurity in that context, but it's a lot more broader. Um, and something that you mentioned earlier around the identity and access management component or the IAG around, you know, the way in which organizations manage their own inter internal employee um, sort of roles and responsibilities across an organization and the complexity of that within sort of large organizations. Now you compound that with, with essentially third parties because they do have access to your data they do have entry points into organizations. You know, it, it could be you know, the cleaner, the printer cartridge guy, delivery guy, or it could be an IT um, consulting firm that comes straight into your organization that has direct access to your crown jewels. And managing and maintaining your third party's compliance to your regulations, your industry regulations, is critical even if your con consulting firm doesn't isn't doesn't need to be part of a financial services or carry a financial services license it has to manage their and maintain their uh, controls to the same level 
and that's just the reality of where we are heading to. Um, so I really do like that sort of AIG analogy where you almost need to, to almost picture your third parties as part of the organization and manage them as such, as an extension of your operations and your capability. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Lee. Thanks for joining today. I think we've had great discussion on this and hopefully it's been useful for all of those that have tuned in to listen. Um, we're really looking forward to the upcoming TPRM Global Conference that is hosted by CEFPRO. So um, if you haven't already enrolled in the conference, uh, please do so. It is the, the 8th and 9th of December and you can enroll online. You can see the details um, underneath. So finally, from my side, Malcolm Parker, thanks for joining this TPRM discussion um, and uh, thanks to the team for, for uh, participating.